We hadn't been around Jim Boswell very long before we recognized that to fully understand him, we would have to make a trip back to his Georgia birthplace, back to the Green County hamlet that had shaped his father and his uncle, back to the original Cotton Kingdom. The old Boswell farmstead sat near the northern end of the county, on a sweep of green sward just off the Penfield Road. The family had moved into this dwelling, a Queen Anne Victorian with high-hipped roof and gables, after their house on the same site had burned down in the 1890s. More than a century later, long after the Boswells had left Georgia for California, the place retained just enough of its past that you could see backward. Two enterprising sisters from Atlanta had converted it into a bed and breakfast with wedding receptions spilling into the gardens and deer nibbling at the hydrangea and daffodils. Just a few Boswell kin, like E.H. Armour, could still be found in these parts as the year 2000 approached. Armour was Jim Boswell's octogenarian cousin, and the only one remaining who could resurrect vivid memories of the generation that had gone west to build their cotton empire. The Colonel, J.G., Jim's dad, Bill, and their brother Walter. The self-proclaimed docent of Green County, Armour loved to tell colorful stories about the Boswells, some less doctored up than others. Armour's older brother, Albert, had headed to California in the late 1920s to work for the colonel, and in the early 1940s, Armour himself had gone off to the flatlands of the San Joaquin Valley. In the lull of the late California afternoon, Armour would evoke the spirit of home by fetching a mint julep for Walter, the colonel's older brother. It's five o'clock, Walter would say. Whip me up one. Or sometimes he would help the colonel's younger brother, Bill, barbecue a pig, slathering the meat with a tangy Georgia recipe. But Armour yearned for the real Georgia, for the gently sloping hills, for the thick forests of loblolly pine, and after about a year, he returned to Greene County. He had been here ever since. A husky man with a long face, Armour appeared to survive on a diet of Mountain Dew and Brunswick stew, a ground-up hash of onions, green peppers, tomatoes, potatoes, chicken thighs, and Boston butt. Good-humored and gregarious, he backslapped everyone he met, and as he chit-chatted with his neighbors, men and women, white and black, his genuine fondness for them was plain. Yet, when Armour spoke about blacks in general, he was often derisive and called them niggers or Ethiopians. The whole display was reminiscent of the Mississippian who told writer Robert Penn Warren, Some of us, a lot of us, could manage some graciousness to individual Negroes, but, you know, we couldn't manage it for the race. Armour lived in Greensboro, the county seat in the very house where he had been born and raised. He had made one room a shrine to Dixie, and the old man genuflected when he walked toward the shelves that bore the memoirs of Robert E. Lee, a first edition copy of Gone with the Wind, and the Civil War diary of his grandfather, a Confederate doctor. Another relative, Armour said, had chased off a band of Union soldiers with pistols so enormous they looked like stovepipes. But it was when Armour wandered through the Penfield Cemetery that the link between present and past seemed most complete. Dead Boswells were everywhere. There's Lawrence Albert Boswell, 
Armour said, pointing to the dates etched on a headstone. 1882 through 1964. Armour recalled how Lawrence, a grocer, used to say that he had a $2,500 thumb because of the way he manipulated the scale in his store.